down so many tight roads I can see them all in my sleep I walk down so many tight roads I can see them all in my sleep Crapping down here in this dark, muddy bottom With nothing but a heart attack and sorghums to eat At 4.30 I'm out in the barnyard Trying to hook up my poor beat-out raggedy team I'm out in the barnyard Trying to hook up my poor beat out raggedy team As my stock is dying of starvation And my boss is so doggone me Jiving, that's a natural fact There's got to be a change made around here, people I'm not jiving, that's a natural fact I'm gonna jump up on one of these old pool mules and start riding And I don't give her done where we stop it.
I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch My friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Mufi's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastics Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for... <laughs> it's indubitious. Wednesday. It's time for the AltaCast. Let me press the button and get started. Man. Oh, man. What a night. Oh, it's all going to be okay, everyone. Welcome to the AltaCast. No Latoya in the house. Super bummer. That's okay. We don't. I mean, we need LaToya. Actually, I was going to say we don't. We need LaToya. Coming up at 2 o'clock on Some Call Me Tim. A guy named JW who works for Seas Candy is also in a band. It's going to be fun. Because the CD player is broken. Uh, give us your money. <laughs> Please press the donate button on the website if you're actually listening to this. Uh, that's really important. All right, enjoy Cope. <laughs> Cast here on Mutiny Radio. What's going on with you guys? I'm a little bit bummed that I'm a lot bummed that Latoya isn't here. I have all kinds of things to tell her about my trip to Portland and how San Francisco is a pile of dog shit. <laughs> it sucks so badly to be back. I mean, I'm so I'm sorry. I've never 
I've lived here coming up on 13 years, and I've never shit on San Francisco. I mean, and then I realized that San Francisco's shitting all over me, man. Like, literally and figuratively. Did you know there's no poop in Portland? I was there for eight days. I saw one pile of human feces in eight days. One pile. Amen, Portland. God, you guys are doing it so right. Everybody's nice. And people kept saying, oh, they're just, they're just nice on the surface. I don't give a fuck. I like nice people. People being nice. Wow. What a concept. Oh, Portland. I miss you so much. Man, I want to move to Portland. And I feel terrible that they're like, everybody's coming here from San Francisco. And that's because San Francisco sucks. Dude, it fucking sucks. All these new kids with money who treat me like Downton fucking Abbey. Oh, Downton Abbey. I loved that show. I watched it, yes. And I feel like a fucking servant. Yeah, all right. I'm making you tots and fucking burgers. I guess I'm a servant. But I'm also serving you some fucking art, bro. And says these 26-year-old kids, they don't, they don't tip their Ubers. They don't tip. They don't tip. When did, when did a whole society, when did a whole age group of people decide, like, you know what? Fuck tipping. We're just not going to do it. We make more money than God, but fuck your $2. Fuck you guys. You make, and you can't live in San Francisco. It's just so hard to live here. If you don't make $125,000. I, w- I live here for $16,000 a year, and I rely on your fucking $2, you bitches. Like, motherfuckers. I my job at Twitter is so hard. Passing around information, not creating anything. Fuck you, San Francisco. This place is fucking changing and I'm seeing it. So sad. <laughs> I do feel like Downton Abbey, like sometimes I'm delivering food to people on the paper plates, you know. And it's like I'm not even there. I have to like go up and around and excuse me. Oh, don't don't mind the servant. I have two master's degrees. Why am I serving? But that's the thing. That's the mentality. Is that I'm better than service. I'm better than in my Uber driver. I'm I sit at a desk all day and make updates. Fuck you and your fucking updates. I am so sick of it. My Hotmail used to work just fine. I'm an old lady. I don't want updates. Why you gotta constantly update me? Why you gotta make... Why you gotta justify your fucking job? Assholes. Like, I justify my job by creating things. I create food. I create happiness. Do I? I don't know. What are we doing? I miss you, Latoya. I need you for my rants. Man, I want to rant about San Francisco. Fuck this place. I'm like, I'm, I'm, if only I could drive a car, I would get in it and I would move to Portland, the promised land. Oh, and let me talk about their welcoming, amazing community of comedians that are like supportive and awesome. And people are like, well, they're kind of clicky. And I'm like, oh, am I in all the clicks? Because boy, does that feel great. Boy, does that feel great to be a part of all the cliques. I want to be a cool kid. What's that like? Portland. 
It's my love letter to Portland. That's what this show is. Oh, also, I wear my fuck Trump jacket all the time because why not? And people were like honking horns and being like, fuck that guy, like yelling out their windows. Like, Portland is the weirdest city. It's like a dichotomy. It's got like white supremacy over here and it's got like watch my pronoun over here. And uh, I, hey, I learned so much. Wow. Thanks for opening my eyes to like the whole gender spectrum and fuck yeah whatever people want to call themselves is cool i'm i'm down portland is what i felt like when i moved to san francisco 13 years ago and i was like oh you can wear a tutu on a tuesday this place is amazing and it's not like that anymore like i've never felt more comfortable to show my armpit hair in portland they don't give a fuck they're like, yeah, you got armpit. Yeah, so we're all we all have armpit hair. Yay! Because we're all people. Instead of all being humans. Okay, let's listen to some new copay, and uh, and I'm gonna bring you guys the news. I can't even believe I'm doing this. I'm, you can hear it in my voice, right? Like I, I can't get better because I can't stop drinking. I love drinking. I had so much fun last night. I met, oh, I met all kinds of people, but I met a lady on the 14 bus, and what a pleasure. What a lovely night we had together. Oh, it was fun. But I'm a terrible girlfriend, so I'm sorry, Jonathan. I shouldn't bring people back to the house at like three in the morning, four in the morning. I think she left at five. I'm, I'm terrible. Why do I keep partying till five in the morning? Why does the five in the morning party keep showing up at my door? Like, I shouldn't, I'm not, I'm too old to party until five in the morning. And I've done it like twice this week since I've been back. San Francisco's trying to stay on my good side and it is fucking up. This is Cope. so rad ready to get angry cool yeah looked up top news and it's some stupid website that's awful and stupid and the very first picture i see is of an african-american gentleman ex-nfl player pleads not guilty in vegas child death case what Ashton Kutcher testifies at los angeles murder trial on behalf of slain friend what 
crumbling road spotty internet troubles small business Mueller says he could not charge Trump as Congress weighs impeachment. What? Is this all real? Should Trump be impeached? Yes or no? You can vote. Not that your vote, you know, three years ago meant a fucking pile of dog shit. Yeah, we voted. He didn't win. Oh, yeah, the popular vote does miss electoral college. Uh, I don't even know if this is a real news site. Are this? Is this real? Twitter reveals leftist thug Nathan Lean. I have no idea what's happening in the world at all. I submerged myself in a barrel of whiskey. Come out for free ice cream days. Actually, it's a barrel of IPA. I don't drink whiskey after dark. Did I drink whiskey after dark? I did. That's what happened last night. I drink whiskey after dark. The nice lady was letting me drink whiskey out of her fucking flask. I brought her back to my house. Then we drank Modelo's. I'm an asshole. I'm the worst girlfriend ever. My poor Jonathan has to wake up in the middle of the night to me fucking spouting leftist bullshit about why aren't you paid as a mom? <laughs> why aren't she had three kids uh, and we were partying. It was fun. And uh, we were talking and one of them was 18. And that was the thing that kept tripping my shit out is that she was younger than me and she had an 18 year old child. She had an 18 year old and she was younger than me. Oh my God, that's crazy. Cope, killing it. Um, anyways, last night was fun. I owe my boyfriend stuff because I'm an asshole and I shouldn't stay awake till five in the morning in the in the house. Fear in fear for their lives, activist Thai band leaves in exile. What these? What are these crazy stories? Is this real? Robert Mueller announces resignation, closure of special counsel's office. Wow. I can't believe what's happening in the world right now. (sighs) Vatican corrects omission on Pope's quote about McCarrick. Who's McCarrick? Navy SEAL seeks to toss slaying case over withheld evidence. Oh, and then uh, missing teeth. Try this. Hey, get uh, get some implants. This is this this news. Whatever site is like fake news. Is this real news? Let's let's look. I mean, Latoya, where are you to tell me what's happening in the world? Seriously. Hey, coming up at two o'clock on some call me Tim. I got this guy from the JW band coming in. Excited about that. Even CNN, I can't believe it's real. Is this real? House Judiciary Chair responds to rare speech from Mueller as calls for impeachment hearings grow. Thank God. I mean, could we could we really? It, I mean, but is it in a bigger plan to make fucking Pence? Like, some uh, Mormons stopped me on the street yesterday 
because of my fuck Trump jacket. They're like, lady, lady, can we talk to you about your about your terrible language? I said, I'm so sorry for swearing in front of children. That's not cool, and I'm doing it. And then I just I said to him, I said, I think it's so darling that in your religion you're called elders and you're like 21. I think that's so cute. And then they just like smile and nod to everything you say because they're like, maybe she'll come to the temple and be on my island fucking planet later. I don't know what the... Nadler. What about, is that Nader? No, there's a person named Nadler. Cool. President Trump is lying. Oh, did we not? Were we confused about that? Was there like, you did, what? No, he's lying about what? Everything? Oh, is fake it till you make it lying? It Like, honestly, when people keep saying, fake it till you make it, fake it till you make it, fake it till you make it. How about like putting in the discipline and being a ballerina for years and fucking doing it? What about actually doing the work? But fake it till you make it. Oh, it's America. It was our president. I don't know anything. Let me do his voice. I know everything about politics, even though I never, ever did politics. And so fake it till you make it does not apply to me because I know politics. No one knows politics like I know politics. I know controlled demolition. No one knows controlled demolition like I know controlled demolition. And 9-11 was an inside job. I mean, there was a... Does that still exist? Oh, shit. I need to look that up um, to see if that still exists. In the... uh, Right after 9-11, Trump uh, saying that 9-11 was an inside job. Uh, 9-11 demolition. I'm a terrible host. I'm sorry, you guys. I should be giving you some copa if I'm doing something. No one knows controlled demolition like I know. This is crazy. Donald Trump claims he saw people jump from the Twin Towers on 9-11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trump presents his proposal for World Trade Center site. That's 2005. Donald Trump calls into WWORUPN9 news on 9-11. This is the one. This is the one where Donald Trump said that from his office, he witnessed the jetliner crashing into World Trade Center. And then, but he also says, no one knows controlled demolition like I know controlled demolition. And he says, I'll put it on the other computer. We'll, we'll watch it in a bit. After, because it still exists. I can't believe it still exists. I can't believe it. I can believe it. I mean, I guess you can't remove things from the internet. People say, like, oh, it's on the internet, be scared. I'm like, find me, fucking find me. <laughs> I hate that I hear the congestion in my head through the headphones. Like, I'm never going to get better if I don't stop drinking alcohol. <laughs> like, I can't. I can't. Uh, I can. I just choose not to. Also, when you work in a bar, what am I supposed to do? Also, as a 44-year-old woman who doesn't have children, what else am I doing at night? Like, I ain't got no kids to go home to. Nobody's calling me, texting me, going like, Mommy, Mommy, what did you... There ain't no kids. The cat can't talk. I mean, I love the cat. The cat doesn't love me. By the way, looking for a new cat. Not getting rid of my old cat. Just saying that I, I, I require a snuggly cat. I need 
a cat that wants to like be all up ins and my dude right now just isn't in he's not all up in ins he's not into it the only time I can snuggle him is if he's like in his perch or in his own zone like I can go put my head on his body wherever he's like already perched but he won't come to me he won't sit with me on the couch he won't snuggle with me in the bed I pick him up in the middle of the night I bring him in I hold him and he gets all wiggly and he leaves and I tell him man like I'm gonna pick you up without consent because I want to touch you because I love cats my 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 own spike spike's anniversary of death is coming up very soon in fact it's next week and that cat was so great i miss that cat he was so he loved he was so snuggly and he, he i just i felt so much love from that cat and my new cat i just i'm not getting the love man i mean i love the cat i'm not gonna stop loving the cat even though he's not the he's not the cat He's not the cat I expect him to be, you know, like my expectations of cat are real and, but he's his own fucking cat, you know, this is the weirdest rant I've ever done on this show. I'm fucking crying about, I'm allowed to cry about my dead cat. I'm coming up on the year anniversary. I'm sorry. I've never like. I don't know what's going to happen when like actual people die that I know or whatever because I'm still broken up about this cat thing. Damn. Spike. <sighs> like I hope there's like a kitty pantheon and like he's up there kitty Valhalla like running around hitting balls like spiking them. And I sound so dumb. I'm so sorry if anyone's actually listening to this. Donate money to Mutiny Radio. <laughs> okay, let's listen to some copay while I pull up this fucking Donald Trump thing about him talking about. I, no one knows demolition like I know demolition. And 9 11 was an inside job. Just quote, just quoting. God, he's such an idiot. But why don't we tout this out? Like, if everybody wants to, like, be like, okay, impeach the motherfucker. I'm going to, like, wear this fuck Trump jacket until we... <laughs> every day. I don't care if it smells... I still don't have a sense of taste or smell, so... I can't... If I smell bad, I have no idea. All right. Again, new stuff by Cope. Gonna be playing. And uh, you're listening to the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. I'm trying to do it... I try to do it alone, and I fucking break down talking about my dead cat. Hey... If you out there love your cat, hug your cat for me. Kiss your cat. Kiss your cat without consent, man. Just get right in there and just love that cat. I love you. Cats are like the coolest. I, I got to stay with a cat in Seattle and, oh, Mr. Butters, what a, what a buddy. He was a talkative little guy. I got to pet his face. Oh, he was real nice. Not like my cat and fucking Zerdon piece of... He's a good cat. He just... I just... He, I don't get him yet. He doesn't get me. I don't get him. Not yet. He's only a year old. Not even a year old yet. So maybe... Maybe I can force him into loving snuggles. Okay, enjoy some Cope. I'm going to get this video up. 
having some of technical course. difficulties, which is totally understandable when you try to do you know, ad hoc reporting and getting information to you as fast as we possibly can and making sure that it's accurate at the same time. So Donald Trump is on the line. I mean, we know him as the man behind lots of real estate in Manhattan. And of course, uh, Donald, I understand you were actually a witness to what happened this morning. Well, I have a window that looks directly at the World Trade Center, and I saw this huge explosion. I was with a group of people, and I, I, I really couldn't even believe it. And even, I think, worse than that, for years I've looked right directly at the building. I'd see the Empire State Building in the foreground and the World Trade Center in the background, and now I'm looking at absolutely nothing. It's just gone, and it's just hard to believe. Donald Allen Marcus here. Uh, your building is, uh, the Trump Tower, is uh, one of the uh, great tourist attractions uh, in the world. It's well known universally. Are you taking any uh, precautions there in light of what happened at the World Trade Center? Well, Alan, we've always had, as you know, very, very strong security, but there's very little you can do about planes crashing into a building. I mean, you look at Larry, a terrific owner in New York and a very good friend of mine who I just called. I was very worried about him because I assume maybe he was in the building. He took possession of the building one week ago. As you know, he just bought the World Trade Center. Right. And uh, he was in his office, and he was getting ready to move into the World Trade Center over the next two weeks. So when I just spoke to him, there's nothing you can do when people are going to be bombing planes at your building. Now, Donald. I guess maybe the world is going to be changing, and maybe you're going to have F-16s flying all over the city, etc. But... It's a pretty tough situation. Donald, uh, you have one of the landmark buildings down in the financial district, 40 Wall Street. Uh, did you have any damage or did you know what, what's happened down there? Well, it was an amazing phone call I made. 40 Wall Street actually was the second tallest building in downtown Manhattan. And, and it was actually before the World Trade Center was the tallest. And then when they built the World Trade Center, it became known as the second tallest. And now it's the tallest. And I just spoke to my people, and they said it's the most unbelievable site. It's probably seven or eight blocks away from the World Trade Center, and yet Wall Street is littered with two feet of stone and brick and mortar and steel. And there are thousands of people walking over the, the debris over the Brooklyn Bridge, where they're sending them out over the Brooklyn Bridge to Brooklyn, and then I guess they're going to have to figure out how to get home from there. But they have between a foot and two feet of debris uh, right in front of a building that's probably, you would say, Alan, six or seven blocks away. Donald, this is Roland Smith. Uh, hi, Roland. You know, hi, how you doing I, on this kind of day? You know, at some point, we're going to put all this behind us. And you as a visionary, particularly in, uh, in New York real estate, what do you think that we ought to do as a city, as a people, uh, when all of this gets, when the morning stops, when, when the dead are, are honored, and uh, 
and we've found out what caused it and maybe corrected it. What does the city need to do? Well, I guess the big thing that, that you really will have to do is never forget. You just can't forget that something like this happened. Did he coin so that? Never forget? Stock exchange, but of course, at some point, you had no choice. You know, when they initially announced it was closing, because you want to just say, the hell with it, you're going forward, nothing's going to change. But the fact is, something has changed very dramatically. And I think one of the very sad things is going to be when you look at the skyline of New York, which has become so emblazoned in your own memory, and you look in, at the skyline of New York and you see these buildings, these two buildings, whether you love them or don't love them, they were a great part of the skyline. And then when you look at the skyline after 2001, and you're going to see a skyline without these two buildings, you're going to say, what happened? People won't believe it. You know, when you show your children or your grandchildren in years to come what New York looked like in the year 2000, and then what New York looked like just a year later, they're going to say, what happened? Hey, Donald, it, uh, in, the year in, in the year 2000, Donald, you considered running for president. If, if, if you had done that and if you had been successful, what do you think uh, you'd be doing right now? Well, I'd be taking a very, very tough line, Alan. I mean, uh, you know, most people feel they know uh, uh, at least approximately the group of people that did this and where they are. But, um, boy, would you have to take a hard line on this. This just can't be tolerated, and it's got to be very, very stern. This is, as you and I were discussing before, Alan, this was probably worse than Pearl Harbor. Many more people are dead, and, and you know, they don't know. They have no idea. But... Uh, I have somebody that was down there who witnessed at least 10 people jumping out of the building from 70 and 80 stories up in the air. I mean, you probably have 25 or 30,000 is the number I've heard, but I would think would be much more than that. I think the most of the damage will be caused not by even in the building in terms of the people dead, but by the people on the streets from falling debris. Donald, you're probably the best known builder, uh, particularly of, of, of great buildings in the city. There's a great deal of question about whether or not the damage and, and the ultimate destruction of the buildings was caused by the airplanes, by architectural defect, or possibly by bombs or, or aftershocks. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, it was an architectural defect. You know, the World Trade Center was always known as a very, very strong building. Don't forget, that took a big bomb in the basement. Now, the basement is the most vulnerable place because that's your foundation and it withstood that. And I got to see that area about three or four days after it took place because one of my structural engineers actually took me for a tour because he did the building. And I said, I can't believe it. The building was standing solid and half of the columns were blown out. I mean, so this was an unbelievably powerful building. Uh, if you know anything about structure, it was one of the first buildings that was built from the outside. The steel, the reason the World Trade Center had such narrow windows is that in between all the windows, you had the steel on the outside. So you had the steel on the outside of the building. That's why when I first looked, and you had big, heavy I-beams. When I first looked at it, I couldn't believe it because there was a hole in the steel. And this is steel that was, you remember the, the width of the windows in the World Trade Center, folks. I think, you, you know, if you were ever up there, they were quite narrow. And in between was this heavy steel. I said, how could a plane, even a plane, even a 767 or 747 or whatever it might have been, how could it possibly go through the steel? I happen to think that they had not only a plane, but they had bombs that exploded ah! simultaneously because I just can't imagine anything being able to go through that wall. Most buildings are built with the steel is on the inside around the elevator shaft. This one was built from the outside, which is the strongest structure you can have and it was almost just like a uh, like a can of soup. You know, Donald, we were looking at pictures all morning long of that plane coming into uh, building number two, and when you see that, 
uh, approach the the far side, and then all of a sudden, within a matter of a millisecond, the explosion pops out the other side. Right. I just think that it was a plane with more than just fuel. I think, obviously, they were very big planes. They were going very rapidly because I was also watching where the plane seemed to be not only going fast, it seemed to be coming down into the building. So it was getting the speed from going downhill, so to speak. Uh, it just seemed to me that to do that kind of destruction is even more than a big plane because you're talking about taking out steel, the heaviest caliber steel that was used on a building. I mean, these buildings were rock solid. And, uh, you know, it's just an amazing, it's an amazing thing. It's, this country is different today, and, and it's going to be different than it ever was for many years to come. Very profound statement and very true. <laughs> very Donald, profound. Uh, one last question for you. Uh, given the, the, the magnitude of, 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 of how much of American commerce took place within the Twin Towers, what do you, as you're an expert on this, what do you think is going to be the fallout over the next many several weeks, months, and even years, given what we have lost uh, in terms of those buildings going down and, and all that was within it? Well, I, I, as an example, Alan, and you might use them too, but I have an insurance company that was on the 102nd floor of the World Trade Center. They're gone. I don't know who's gone. I don't know anything other than their offices are no longer there. They're wiped out. Um, the Morgan Stanley Group, you know, Morgan Stanley, a big, powerful firm, they had 50 stories in the building, gone. I mean, you're talking about some firms that are just gone. Now, Morgan Stanley, in that case, had a lot of its offices in Midtown, and they had about half downtown. Morgan Stanley's a big, powerful firm. They're gone. Many firms had all of their offices, as you know, in the World Trade Center. It was 8 million square feet. 8 million square feet is the size of some cities. And we had 8 million square feet in the world, 4 million in each building. They were huge buildings, not only in height, but, you know, each, each floor was 50,000 feet. They were monstrous floors. Each floor was almost a, a city in itself, and they had 110 floors or so. So, um, you know, many firms that were easily recognizable for those of us in the financial worlds, for those of us that read the papers and see the financial pages, they're going to be gone. I mean, they're just not going to exist anymore. They're gone. Donald and Trump. Many of the people are gone with them. Donald Trump, thank you so very much for joining well, us. Thank we, you all. we really Good appreciate luck. it. Thank you. And Same you to you. You too. Our prayers are with everyone. Wow. From the... Wow. Well, he said it, it. I mean, I can't believe they were even talking about, like, the concept of him being president even back then. Right? Does that, like, freak anybody else out? Not just me? Cool. More Cope in the background. Uh, she's playing a record now. It's pretty cool. She's the Japanese Bjork. She's badass. Look her up. All right, here we are on the AltaCast. Ah, you know, the only, that, that, my, that interview right there where he talks about, there had to be bombs. Or, there's a different one, not that one. They must have taken it off. But where he talks about, um, no one knows controlled demolition like I know controlled demolition. And I know controlled demolition. There had to be bombs. Anyways, CNN breaking news. The president's lying. Yeah, did we did we think so? Do we 
Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, speaking to the Commonwealth Club in San Francisco, said many of her constituents support starting impeachment proceedings against President Trump, but she wants to ensure that any case Congress makes is a compelling one. Yeah, um, we can... Get it done. Get rid of him. Interference. Uh, yeah, interference in the election, you think? It's it's crazy stuff. Uh, I gotta press stop on this crazy stuff because it's talking to me. Big apologies. Um, Biden believes impeachment may be unavoidable campaign, spokesperson says. Pelosi says that nothing's off the table but stressed the need for an ironclad case to convince Republican lawmakers. But we do want to make such a compelling case, such an ironclad case, that even Republican Senate would, at the time, seem to be not an objective jury, will be convinced that the paths we have to take as a country, she said. Uh, Mueller speaks out about the investigation. Hey, I'm freaked the fuck out. We've got, like... We've got trans people under fire. We've got ladies' productive rights under fire. A guy said to me in Portland, why do you want a communist country? And I'm like, well, because I'm a commie pinko liberal, you weirdo. You know, we're so concerned about abortion. We're so concerned about the fetus's life. We're so concerned about a little thing inside a woman's body. We're so concerned. But once it pops out, no welfare, no food stamps, no, no anything, no help, no money. But when it's inside of her, that's important. You've got... It's so, it makes so little sense to me. Although on the grand scheme, it does make so much sense because you have to have poor, disenfranchised young women having babies so that you can have your opiate addicts, pharmaceutical companies, so that you can, once they do too much and they all of a sudden, now they're doing hair on, well, now we've got our incarcerated people. Now we've got, we've got that population that we, you know, it's our job creators. You got to have people in the world. Oh, oh, should we talk about job creators? Women having babies who aren't ready to have them. What are we making? Little soldiers. Yeah, because everyone loves war. Hey, I'm calling it now, man. The war is coming. There are too many people. World War II, 25 million Russian people died. 25, man, if I was Russian, I'd be like, fuck you all. Fuck y'all. Because we're like, oh, it was Memorial Day and we lost 500,000 soldiers, which is a lot of motherfucking people. In World War II, oh, America lost 500,000 soldiers. 25 million Russians died. We don't give a fuck. You, you, you You wonder why Russia wants to fuck with us? Duh. World War II wasn't that long ago. It was in the 40s, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not that long ago. Yeah, I'd be pissed if I was Russian. Well, all of this new... Oh, 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 God, I hope it's old dumb face. 
That would be great. What does it say? No, it's sweet, Gail. I'm sorry, Gail. I can't do it today. I, I, I mean, I do need a co-host, but I just can't. Biden believes impeachment may be unavoidable. Spokesperson for former Vice President Joe Biden's presidential campaign told CNN that Special Counsel Robert Mueller's statement today reiterated two points. One, that Russia continues to meddle, a reality Trump can't ignore. And two, Congress will continue to investigate. What is truly troubling is that we have seen this president and this administration engaging in flagrant open attacks on the rule of law by throwing up roadblocks early in the stages of Congress's investigation spokesperson said not only that president trump is now directing an extraordinary internal vendetta against law enforcement and intelligence community investigators who are doing their job on impeachment biden sides with house speaker nancy pelosi who's urged caution from progressives who have pushed for impeachment proceedings to get to begin yeah progressives oh progressives like progress Oh, we're being called progressives now? Oh, like it's a fucking dirty word because we want to make the world a better place and we want to, I don't know, care about Americans and shit? Well, I only care about Americans that are in someone's womb. Those are the Americans I care about. Fuck you. Oh, but only they're in the womb of a white person, not like any person from any other country that has a baby that the baby should be naturalized, etc. Oh, but those, oh, they run across the border to have their babies here. Oh, 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 oh racist fucks <sighs> Nadler on impeachment all options are on the table and nothing should be ruled out now here's the bummer is that on the CNN politics thing everything is sound clips nothing is like oh read oh because do we not know how to read anymore did George W. Bush with No Child Left Behind systematically cull critical thought from our school system so that all the millennials have no critical thought and that's why they don't tip motherfuckers 26 year olds they're the worst oh the world is my oyster but I don't I'm an I'm just insular and I don't see anything outside myself because we didn't teach them how to read or think for themselves. Yay. Oh, but they can think for themselves. Okay. Let's see what the enemy says. Fox News updates, right? Let's see. Class wars coming. Oh, God. Everyone in politics just looks like a sunken skeletor. Mueller makes rare appearance to resign and fuels more Democratic impeachment talk. Dems ramp, uh, Dems, Democrats ramp up for calls for Trump impeachment after Mueller speaks out on Russian probe. You know, it wouldn't it be great if we had like more than just a two-party system? I don't identify as a Democrat. I think they're in it too. I think that they're all behind it. I think there's a larger, there's a larger scale conspiracy that we're not seeing. There's something bigger happening that we're not wise to. And uh, I don't know what it is. But I feel like the race war is coming and there's nothing we can do about it. And I feel like they're pushing us toward that. When it should be a class war. When we need to rise up again, like in the fucking French Revolution. And be like, oh, are rich people super, super rich? She's just super rich. Is, is our president the fucking first CEO? Of our, how did we miss this, motherfucking America? How did we miss that in the 20s we're like, oh, Carnegie Mellon? Oh, he's too rich. He's already a CEO. He can't be president. It's a conflict of interest. But we're like this time, oh, yeah fucking great let's fucking let's roll out the carpet for the ceo 
of a business who's had multiple bankruptcies because fake it till you make it. <laughs> the rich keep getting richer because they're the only ones who can get, because they can get a million dollar loan. Who does that? Like you have to like, I just don't know how to make money. I, can't we all just be artists and not kill people? And recycle clothing? Do we still need to make denim? What, do we still got to enslave some Bangladeshi motherfuckers over there to make more denim? There's plenty of fucking denim. It all still exists in Portland. <laughs> Actually, that's where all our weird 80s sweatshirts went, was to Portland. <laughs> and now they're cropping them off. It's so funny. Man, they are cropping everything in Portland. T-shirts, fucking hoodies. They're like, fuck those poncho parts just cut it right off everybody's wearing belly shirts they don't give a fuck they're not sizist they're not racist they're not homophobic they're amazing wonderful people portland is the promised land Cope in the background. Wow. I am starting to not be drunk anymore. Ah! We got to stay drunk in this political climb. Right? How can we not be drunk all the time with everything that's going on? Okay. Prominent Democrats are ramping up to impeach Donald Trump after the aftermath of special counsel Robert Mueller's statement on Wednesday, and that's today, recapping his investigation findings. Mueller says charging Trump with a crime was not an option in Russian probe in first remarks. Robert Mueller, in his only public remarks on the Russian investigation since being appointed special counsel, said his team did not have the option to charge President Trump with a crime while indicating he does not plan to testify before Congress. Mueller, speaking from the Justice Department Wednesday morning today, announced the closing of his office and detailed findings of the Russian investigation, underscoring that there was not sufficient evidence to charge a conspiracy with regard to whether members of the Trump campaign coordinated with the Russian government during the 2016 presidential election. But Mueller did not mince words in his inquiry into whether the president obstructed justice. Quote, if we had had confidence that the president clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said that. Mueller said we did not determine whether the president did commit a crime. Mueller explained long-standing Justice Department policy, which states that sitting president cannot be charged with a crime. Charging a president with a crime was not an option we could consider, Mueller explained, adding that it would be unfair to accuse someone of a crime when there could be no court resolution of the charge. Oh, because it would be like slander, I guess. The Constitution requires a process other than the criminal justice system to formally accuse the president of wrongdoing. Mueller said Wednesday, echoing his report, which states that Congress may apply obstruction laws to the president's corrupt exercise of the powers of the office, accords with our constitutional system of checks and balances and the principles that no person is above the law. Mueller's statement, quote, we chose those words carefully and the work speaks for itself and the report is my testimony. Drop the mic, motherfucker, out. Mueller, out. We concluded that 
We would not reach a determination one way or the other about whether the president committed a crime, Mueller added. That is the office's final position. But I don't know. Can't do it. Minutes after he finished delivering his remarks, House Judiciary Committee Chairman Gerald Nadler, uh, Democrat New York, issued a statement vowing that Congress would probe allegations of obstruction against the president. Quote, given that special counsel Robert Mueller was unable to pursue criminal charges against the president, it falls to Congress to respond to the crimes, lies, and other wrongdoings of President Trump, and we will do so. Nadler said in a statement, no one, not even the president of the United States, is above the law. Amen. And then he tweeted, Read my statement following special counsel Robert Mueller's press conference this morning on the conclusion of the investigation into Trump and his associates. Chairman Nadler responds to special counsel Mueller. We would like to thank special counsel Robert Mueller for his service to our nation over the past two years. In his statement this morning, Special Counsel Mueller reaffirmed his report, which found substantial evidence that Russia attacked our political system and that the president sought to obstruct Mueller's investigation over and over again. He also confirmed three central points. He did not exonerate the president of the United States of obstruction of justice. Obstruction of justice is a serious crime that strikes at the core of our justice system. And the Constitution points to Congress to take action to hold the president accountable. Although the Department of Justice policy prevented the special counsel from bringing criminal charges against the president, special counsel has clearly demonstrated that President Trump is lying about the special counsel's findings, lying about the testimony of key witnesses in the special counsel's report, and is lying in saying that the special counsel found no obstruction and no collusion. Given that Special Counsel Mueller was unable to pursue criminal charges against the president, it falls to Congress to respond to the crimes, lies, and other wrongdoings of President Trump. And we will do so. Not even the president is above the law. And Donald Trump tweets back, Nothing changes from the Mueller report. There was insufficient evidence, and therefore, in our country, a person is innocent. Case is closed. Thank you. Fuck Trump. I wear it on my jacket. I wear it proudly, even those jacket smells now, but I have no sense of smell, so I can't smell it, so I'm going to wear it. Oh, my God. This is all happening right now. And then the number one trending in politics is Bernie Sanders targets Biden's over-the-top dollar fundraisers. God, I'm such a socialist. I am so scared for what is happening and i pulled this from fox news so if fox news is saying this shit oh my goodness dang impeach impeach pulling a comey oh my homie comey yeah mueller's i mean i guess i could do a rap it's been a long time since it's just so funny because Here's what's on Fox News. They're such dicks. Bob stirs the pot. Mueller makes wearing blah, blah, blah. Pulling a Comey. Tom Dell, Beccaria, Mueller abused over legal system speaking publicly. Elusive equation. Mathematicians closer to solving million dollar calculation. Warning graphic photos. Passengers suing over alleged attack by emotional support dog on fight, flight. And then, what is that? Crazy animal terrorizes villagers with slew of attacks. Those are their four top stories. You've got 
animal attacks in the top four. Man. Miley Cyrus stuns Jonas Brothers with question about their purity rings. Jesus Christ. Like, that's what Fox, that's what Fox cares about. Fucking Fox. Okay, let's see another one. Huffington Post. God bless ya. Let's go to Huff. Huff Post and see what the see what the my people say about stuff. Here, listen to the AltaCast. I'm super bummed that Latoya isn't here, but at 2 o'clock on Some Call Me Tim, I've got a cool guy coming in from a band. Uh, we're going to talk about his show coming up. It's going to be fun. JW Band. HuffPost, number one. Mueller, no exoneration, hints at impeachment. And then the president says, Congressional study, GOP tax law done. A study says GOP tax law doing little for the economy, even less for workers. Yeah. Violent storms, tornadoes tear through Midwest. I'm sorry, Kansas. New 2020 slogan. Twitter users refuse to let Trump distort Robert Mueller's comments. Okay. Here's how we can do it. Here's how we can get rid of President Trump. You can't say you're going to kill the president. That's illegal. You're not allowed to do that. And I'm not advocating for that. I'm advocating for him to kill himself. You can advocate for a president. What if we all tweeted and fucking blogged and Facebooked for the old people who are still doing Facebook and Instagrams? What if everyone, what if the, what if the millennials could actually do something with their Instagram skills? And what if we could all on the same day at the same moment show some picture where we're like, fucking kill yourself. Trump, just kill yourself. Fucking waste of space. You fucking capitalist pile of dog shit. Liar. I have no idea why you're the head of our politics. You're racist. You don't speak for us. Changing things. Putting fucking Purdue in charge of being the secretary of agriculture. Wouldn't you say like that the biggest chicken farmer in the world would be a conflict of interest by being the secretary of agriculture? I'm just so angry. Let's get rid of this shit. If all you millennials, I beg you, do something. We should all on the same day tweet and fucking insta fuck and face fuck and say, kill yourself. And he's such a fucking baby. He's going to see all of it and it's going to be like, they really hate me. I can't do it. And maybe... Maybe we won't have to ruin our country with another impeachment bullshit. Let's get together, millennials. Let's use your skills for the good. Fucking America. And, yay, there's still free speech. They haven't taken that away from us yet, so I get to say that shit. Right? Yay! New 2020 slogan, kill yourself, Trump. Do us all a favor. Oof, this is interesting. Chris Kattan, Lauren Michaels urged me to have sex with director. Wow, me tooing on a boy side. That's great. That's terrible. It's horrible. Saturday Night Live uh, says Kattan account recurring clueless director Amy Heckerling did not happen. Ex-Saturday Night Live troupe 
Trooper Chris Kattan claimed that the producer, Lauren Michaels, suggested he have sex with Clueless director Amy Heckerling to salvage a movie project. In an excerpt of Kattan's memoir, Baby Don't Hurt Me, reported, a Baby Don't Hurt Me No More. I, I mean, I, very, anyway. Reported that the New York Post on Tuesday, the 48-year-old comedian wrote that when Heckerling was lined up to direct 1998's The Night at the Roxbury, in which he co-starred, she hit on him, but he turned her down. Furious Michaels called him the next day to say that Heckerling was about to drop the movie and that Paramount would only move forward with the comedy if she were at the helm, according to the book. That meant Chris Kattan had to keep Amy happy. Chris, I'm not saying you have to fuck her, but it wouldn't hurt, Michael allegedly, Michaels allegedly said per the book. Kattan wrote that he eventually had consensual sex with Heckerling on the, the casting couch in her office after she wanted to do it on a desk in Michael's office. While attracted to Heckerling, Catan wrote, quote, he was very afraid of the power she and Lauren wielded over my career. A Saturday Night Live spokesperson told HuffPost on Wednesday that Catan's claims did not happen. The spokesperson also said that the show was not contracted by the publisher of Catan's book for verification of that and other accounts in the book. HuffPost did not immediately hear back from a listed representative for Heckerling or an attorney for Michaels, nor did Catan's publisher immediately respond to a request for a comment. A Night at the Roxbury 1998, which featured Catan and Will Ferrell as dim nightclubbing brothers, grossed $30.3 million, but it wasn't directed by Heckerling. She served as producer while John Fortenberry directed. <gasps> wow, I want to read Chris Catan's book! He got me too. Oh, Chris Catan, I'm sorry that you felt that you had to have consensual sex on the casting couch. Bro, solidarity, bro. I'm sorry, man. Power dynamics suck. <laughs> I guess you gotta suck the power dynamic, right? Hey, if I want to lean into the glass ceiling, I usually do it with a low-cut shirt so I can press my titties against the glass so you can see that good cleavage. Come on now. 44 years old. I know how this works. They call it a casting couch for a reason. Like, you don't think that it exists. Why would we, why would there be a term, casting couch, if people weren't using sexual favors to get ahead? Or, not to get ahead, to keep their position in Hollywood. And that's not fair either. It's like, <sighs> but feminism, man, heckerling, you get to objectify men equally, right? Wow. I mean, this is crazy to me. Britney Spears slams Instagram conspiracy amid free Britney movement. Oh, she looks way too skinny. Human traffic jams at Everest? Nepal considering Everest rules change after 11 deaths overcrowding. What? What is going on? Okay. 123. I, I'm almost through with this. I, Netanyahu hours away from deadline for forming coalition government. Oh, is are we just are we just hiding ourselves from the Israel problem? House leadership 2020 Dems split on impeachment after Mueller statement. More 2020 Democrats call for impeachment. Missouri governor refuses to budge on impending closure of last abortion clinic. Motherfuckers. 
because if because if poor women have babies, we have more soldiers. We can't have soldiers without people who don't have other options. But then, like, can we not have... Why do we have to kill people? Like, I don't get it. I don't understand the war machine. I mean, I don't want to kill anybody. I want everyone to live. Missouri governor refuses to budge on impending clo Except babies. <laughs> I'm such a dick. Man, no one should be having children until they're at least in their 20s. Like, even people in their 20s, are they ready to do it? I mean, we're Americans. We're so fucking selfish. Like, that's our whole game. And yet we're like, have a baby when you're 16 and then still be selfish, right? So you're going to have a baby when you're 16. You're not ready. You're still going to party. Like, ah. Uh, I'm so lucky that I don't have a child. Like, I feel guilty about, like, how I treat my boyfriend when I drink too hard and I stay out till five in the morning with a lady I met on the bus. I feel like a dick. But if I had a kid, man, that would be the worst. Like, well, if I had a kid, I wouldn't go out in the first place. But because I'm a nanny, sometimes not that much anymore. I mean, really, let's be honest. I don't really do that much anymore. I haven't, I haven't hung out with a kid and. I mean, it's been weeks. Wow. The closure of Missouri's last operating abortion clinic continues to appear imminent as Missouri Governor Mike Parson, Republican, insisted that the state won't renew Planned Parenthood's operating license unless it meets certain conditions. Quote, Planned Parenthood has until Friday to comply with state law in order to receive its renewal license. No one is receiving special treatment, said Parsons at a press conference on Wednesday afternoon. On Tuesday, Planned Parenthood announced that it would have to shut down the last remaining abortion clinic in Missouri on Friday unless it gets a new license. If the clinic in St. Louis closes, Missouri would become the first state in the nation without an operating abortion clinic since the Supreme Court ruled in Roe v. Wade in 1973. Parsons said the state health department... Parsons, a man, making decisions. Ow, ow, my uterus hurts because there's men inside of it. Because there's fucking Republican men inside my goddamn uterus saying that I can't make choices for myself. Motherfucker, what if I lived in Missouri? You want this drunk, 44-year-old crazy woman having a baby? What the fuck is wrong with you, Missouri? What? Let people make choices for their own lives. Oh, but a baby is so important. The only reason I would have a baby is if, like, like I had to abort it to give stem cells to my friend or something. Like, are you kidding me? If the and I wouldn't even do that because, like, I'm because my genes would be all fucked up because I drink all the time. But but alcohol is legal. Yeah, Let's close abortion clinics. Woo! You know, if we just instead of circumcision. Instead of, instead of mutilating the tips of baby dicks, why don't we do like a reversible vasectomy so that nobody has babies until they're fucking ready? Guys got to do, oh, I'm 50 and I need, I have ED, I have erectile dysfunction, so oh, I need, I need my drug so I can still have a hard dick so I can impregnate somebody. Fuck you. God, the patriarchy is just everywhere. I need to move to Portland. <laughs> Uh, 
Parsons said the state health department has concerns about the care women are receiving at the clinic ever since its inspection in mid-March. On May 20th, the agency notified Planned Parenthood of three issues that could affect its license renewal. The Reproductive Rights Group agreed to address two of them. One, adding a pelvic exam and addressing who at the clinic provided state-mandated counseling, according to CBS News. But the state health department said it also had to interview seven doctors who worked at the clinic. Planned Parenthood said it could provide interviews with two, but the others weren't employed by the organization and hadn't consented to be interviewed. Quote, we believe we are entitled to be able to talk to those doctors, just like any other agencies when there are violations or deficiencies noted, Parsons said. Let me just... Let me just get inside your uterus and like rifle around in here and then be like, are there doctors in here? And we have to interview these doctors. Planned Parenthood President CEO Leanna Wen responded to Parson Wednesday, saying his remarks were simply not based on medicine, facts, or reality, and that the organization does everything to ensure our patients get the best medical care available. She also hit back on his claims that Missouri's laws were about women's safety rather than politics. For over a decade, the state of Missouri has enacted arbitrary regulation upon regulation that have no basis in medicine, she said. These include forced 72-hour waiting period for patients, mandating hallways be a certain width, and even requiring medically unnecessary invasive pelvic exams, according to the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine, limiting access to care by imposing medically unnecessary regulation hurts women by causing delays and hindering the quality of care delivered. On Tuesday, Planned Parenthood sued to keep operating in the state. Parson warned against any ruling in the group's favor at this point, saying it would be reckless for any judge to grant a temporary restraining order ruling before the state has taken action on a license renewal. No judge should give special treatment to Planned Parenthood in this instance. Last week, Parson signed a law banning abortion at eight weeks into pregnancy, with exceptions only for medical emergencies. Eight weeks! Eight weeks. People don't even know they're pregnant at eight weeks. Like, you you don't even know you've missed your period. You know what? Because women are working so hard now at jobs and other things and trying to live their lives that, oh, did I miss a period? Like, ah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm having my period right now. You're welcome. Uh, I have a new joke that was murdering. <laughs> my abortion joke was murdering up in, uh, in uh, fucking Portland. But... Right now, I'm menstruating. It's the one thing you can literally never do, and you put your name all over it. Menstruate. Ow, ow, I'm having a really painful period. I think I just aborted the ghost of Scalia. Can we get the fuck out of my uterus? Uh, I'm a dumb, I'm a dumb lady. I'm a dumb lady. I don't know about my own life. I don't know how to make decisions for myself. I'm a dumb lady. Oh, I'm a, oh, you, I have critical thought and I know how to read. Oh, she's a witch. She's a witch. Motherfuckers. The, there was a day where the pro-lifers were like in fucking San Francisco and they had a march or whatever. And an eight-year-old boy, an eight-year-old little boy hands me a fucking pamphlet with a picture of an aborted fetus on it. Like, why do you want to kill babies in San Francisco? An eight-year-old boy. You pro-lifers, you send a boat. He'll never have it. You're, 
You're indoctrinating them that young to be like, you're a sinful weirdo. An eight-year-old boy is telling me about my uterus. A boy who will never have a uterus. I'm sorry they chopped the tip of your dick off, but it doesn't mean that you get to talk about my fucking uterus. This is inside me. It's inside my fucking body. And I get to make choices because I'm a person. Because I'm a per- I'm a human. Oh, excuse me. I'm a human. Men, keep making decisions for me. Keep doing that. See how that works out. But no, I get it. Women are literally the means of production to produce. When's the war happening? And you need more people who don't have options to go into the military. Hey, I'm sorry. I, I, I wish that our military was like a Marxist military where they were farmers. What if they were doctors? What if, what if going into the military meant that you were serving the government in some way and serving the people? Like, not by killing other people, but like by, I don't know, making food for all of us. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand why why they're making us diametrically opposed against one another because I'm worried about uh, like I need to look this up like what's happening with trans rights right now. Do you know trans people are people? They're people. Choosing your gender doesn't make you like what you get to make choices. We're like so some old dude's going to be like, choosing your gender is weird. If you have a vagina, you're a girl. If you have a penis, you're a boy. What if I'm a cat? What if I'm a mermaid? I could be a merman. Like, what if I'm a merman? What if I identify as fucking merman? Who fucking cares? Who cares? Why do you care so much about what we're doing with our genitals? Why? I learned this new thing. Oh my God. Soaking. Mormon soaking. It's when you... Is Mormon soaking sex a real thing? Yes, it is a real thing. Yes, it is sex. I'm a former Mormon and a former BYU student. And it appears to be unique to Mormonism though. Not a religious thing that applies to other groups. Here's Urban Dictionary soaking. You just don't thrust. Just don't enjoy sex. Just you put the penis in and you hold it down. Soaking, like planking, only your dick is inside of a Mormon. Convince your Mormon girlfriend. Convince your Mormon girlfriend. Oh, they, I, they're, not, they're, they're trying to mess with me. Uh, soaking, the art of having sex without thrusting. When a couple sticks it in and then leaves it there to soak. This has become a common phenomenon with certain groups of Christians, predominantly Mormons, who try to circumvent the law of chastity, which in fact does not work. (laughs) Convince your Mormon girlfriend that you are not soaking properly and need to continue to adjust the angle. (laughs) Wow. So it's real. It's a, it's a thing that you just don't enjoy sex. You just, you have sex, but you don't enjoy it. You just soak it. You just hold it in. Wow. Because because you gotta stay fucking chaste. I don't know what's going on. The 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 chastity. The chastity that I that I dealt with for the first twenty years of my life was was great because you know what? 
the only STD I've ever gotten was from my first husband, and that's sexually transmitted debt. That's what you get when you get married. STDs, sexually transmitted debt. I'm funny. Mormon culture at best is weird. The cultural mores of Mormonism are almost pathological when it comes to sex. A couple is told they must be pure to get married in the Latter-day Saints temple. Only a quote-unquote real marriage and submit to ecclesiastical interviews prior to marriage where their sexual behavior is discussed sometimes in detail. These interviews are required for them to get their recommend to be married in the temple. Some people just lie. Others believe the bishop has special powers and will know when they are lying. And others will try to find loopholes. Soaking is considered a loophole by some. Related to this, at BYU in Mormon culture as a whole, engagements are very short. I knew couples who dated for about a month and got married within two months. Also, there is usually a period of at least a few hours between the temple wedding, only a few close family members and friends who are quote-unquote worthy, and the reception, usually at a local LDS church building and for everyone else. These hours are planned with the exception expectation that the couples will consummate their marriage right after the wedding ceremony. Boom. I don't get it. Okay, so Mormon soaking. There we go. Um, I'm going to put in trans laws. Anti-trans law U.S. map. Wow, that's what came up first. What? Past LGBT non-discriminative anti-LGBT. Yes, yes, yes. Anti-trans laws. A map showing where LGBT can be punishable by law. Oh, gross. Punishable. Wow. Wow. Okay, I'm looking at a map where you could, there's a death penalty for being LGBTQ. I had no idea. Wow, and like in French Guiana too. Wow. Wow. This is really scary. I had no idea. Why do we care about what people do with their genitals? Like, God bless it. Two ladies, two dudes. Like, if you... You want to have kids, you don't want to have kids, whatever. Like, why? I Am I too... Am I too woke? Uh, a history of the rise of anti-trans legislation in the United states i have i have some really close friends that um have identified their gender as something other than their when they were what they were technically born to and they're great people why are we uh Legislation affecting LGBTQ rights across the country. So much discrimination. Oh, okay, we're almost done. We've got 11 minutes left, friends. We can do it. We can do it together. Okay, let's see what else is ruining the nation. Oh, let's play the game where I, I type in things and then we see what's happening. Okay, so when I put in Trump, we get... If I put in Trump is, we got Trump is an idiot. Trump is the Antichrist. Trump Israel. Trump is a moron. Trump is insane. Wow. What if I put in Trump isn't? Trump isn't racist. 
Trump isn't the problem, black kids photo. What? Trump isn't losing 1,500 children. Trump isn't cutting Medicaid. Trump isn't my president. That's what we say when we got isn't. How about, how about Trump was? Trump was a Democrat. Trump was hacked. Trump was right. Trump was the dumbest student I ever had. Trump was wiretapped. Oh, I love, I, I love the search bar. Uh, Trump was the dumbest student I ever had. Let's, let's read this. Former Wharton professor. Trump was the dumbest goddamn student. Let's see. This is very funny. I'm, I, I can't believe that that's like what comes up when you put in. Still listening to awesome Cope in the background. Good stuff. Here we go. Former Wharton professor Trump was the dumbest goddamn student I ever had. Surprise, surprise. The president came to business school thinking he knew it all. The late professor William T. Kelly taught marketing at Wharton School of Business and Finance, University of Pennsylvania, for 31 years, ending with his retirement in 1982. Kelly, who also had vast experience as a business consultant, was the author of a then-widely-used textbook called Marketing Intelligent, The Management of Marketing Information originally published by P. Staples, London, 1968. Kelly taught marketing management, both to undergraduate and graduate students at Wharton. Dr. Bill was one of my closest friends for 47 years, and when we lost him at 94 about six years ago, he would have been 100 this year. Donald Trump was an undergraduate student at Wharton for the latter two, year, latter two of his college years, having graduated in 1968. Professor Kelly told me a hundred times over three decades that, quote, Donald Trump was the dumbest goddamn student I ever had. I remember his emphasis and inflection. It went like this. Donald Trump was the dumbest goddamn student I ever had. Kelly told me this after Trump had become a celebrity. But long before he was considered a political figure, Kelly often referred to Trump's arrogance when he told the story that Trump came to Wharton thinking he already knew everything. This has relevance now because as recently as this week, President Trump challenged Secretary of State and the United States to an IQ contest. This came within two days after NBC reported the Secretary of State Rex Tillerson called the president a moron or a fucking moron. The president has frequently, this is the two-year-old article, by the way. The president has frequently bragged that he was a great, great student at a great school, Wharton. Thus, the public is entitled to the contrary view from somebody who was there, Dr. Kelly, and I faithfully report it. Bill Kelly was one smart cookie. His textbook was standard in his time and then new field of marketing intelligence in the necessity of using computers and databases to management. See online library, Wiley.com, which credits Bill for coining the quoted phrase. Kelly's view seems to be shared by other University of Pennsylvanians. See them on thedp.com from the Daily Pennsylvanian, stating, quote, another biographer, Gwenda Blair, wrote in 2001 that Trump was admitted to Wharton on a special favor from a friendly admissions officer. The officer had known Trump's older brother, Freddie. Trump's classmates doubt that the real estate mogul was an academic powerhouse. Quote, he was not any kind of, he was not 
in any kind of leadership. I certainly doubt he was the smartest guy in his class, said Steve Perlman, a 1968 Wharton classmate and former Daily Pennsylvania news editor. Some classmates speculated that Trump skipped class, others that he commuted to New York on the weekends. In 1968, Wharton graduate Louis Calamoris recalled that Don was loath to really study much. Calamaris said Trump would come to study groups unprepared and did not seem to care about being prepared. Thanks and RIP Billy Kelly. The words still ring in my ears. Donald Trump was the dumbest goddamn student I ever had. <laughs> Yay. That makes me happy. <laughs> I mean, what a way to close out the AltaCast. Than with, uh, than with that he's a he's a dumb pile of dog shit. Let's see what else we can get. Um, I'll put in scary United scary United States laws. Crink scary's mod scary United scary spice leads <laughs> United scary United scary United States. Scary bridges in the United States, scary places to visit. Not as good. Not as good. I was hoping that it would be like. Let's put up impeachment and see what happens. Impeach. Impeach Trump. Impeach meeting. Impeach Obama. Impeach Donald Trump. Impeach 45. What's this? Just wasting our last five minutes. Uh, Amazon. Impeach 45. Home Facebook. Ah. This is Urban Dictionary, Impeach 45. I'll end on this. Impeach the 45th president when saying his name causes tremendous acid reflux, causing you to throw up a little bit in your mouth. This is a plausible alternative. However, Impeach 45 is only a placebo and will not remove the bad taste in your mouth. The cure lies in voting during midterm elections. Thank you, Urban Dictionary. All right. This has been the AltaCast. I did it. I can't believe I talked for like over an hour. <laughs> Fuck me, right? Um, hopefully Latoya will be back next week. Hopefully I'll be back next week. Keep enjoying Mutiny Radio. Give us money, please, for the love of God. Please press that donate button. Keep art alive in the mission. Keep weird dirt bags in this, my disgusting dirt bag aesthetic alive in the mission. I don't want to cry again about my dead cat, but I'm going to. All right. This has been the AltaCast. Bye. Uh. Uh. Dead air. Dead air. Dead air. And it's the hottest because it's the closest. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship 
as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> my friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Mufi's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off. For, <laughs> it's in duty, this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. Hey, 
Mutineers Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. If you're looking for some delicious late night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside you can find counter offer, offering you amazing late night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? Then get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Blender's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Welcome, Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. (laughs) 
This is Tusha Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! And welcoming Open Mic, where comedians can get substantial mic time for the mere price of a spot of tea and crumpets. Comedians who remain after their initial sets are invited to perform feats of improvisation and ingenuity in the famous lightning round games, which are guaranteed to delight and entertain. Ah, thinking of these bright young comedians with so much potential and so many drug problems makes me as giddy as a schoolgirl. I haven't had so much fun and giggles since my non-trinary youth at Bumble's Warning School in East Brackenshire, where I danced with Hugh Grant, helped Jason Statham steal an antique shotgun and took nude photos of Prince Harry, who I must mention was not named appropriately. Sign up in person for your own comedic adventures at 7.30pm or pre-sign with the host by sending a direct message via social media. If you can't make it out to that den of iniquity known as mutinyradio.fm, listen in live from home or download the podcast on Apple iTunes under Friends of Mutiny. A smashing time will be had by all. Until next Saturday night at 8pm, cheerio darlings. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hello there, my friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as movies over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. 
They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for <laughs> is in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen Summer Cottage on the Mountain Ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pc.